The following is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to Life as a Life Schooler, where we talk about how to merge life with homeschooling. I'm Danielle Papagiorgio, and today we are talking to my good friend, Barbara McCoskey. Barbara McCoskey treasures being married to Todd for over 17 years. They have four children, two before her 2010 cancer diagnosis, and two adopted after her cancer treatments ended. She and her family are featured in the documentary, The Five-Day Adoption, a movie demonstrating absolute faith and the power of God in answering prayer, released in 2016. She is also the author of Dear God, Please Heal Mommy's Cancer, One Family's Journey Through the Eyes of a Child, and is currently working on her second book, I Will Not Die But Live, which is a personal story of her own cancer journey. Barbara has a passion to encourage others to embrace God's calling on their lives and to persevere through life's challenges. She and her family live in Charlotte, North Carolina, where they have been life schooling for over 15 years. So welcome, my dear friend. How are Aww. you? Danielle, I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me today. Absolutely. Tell us, let's go back to the beginning and tell us a bit about your homeschooling journey. And I know cancer was a big part of that, especially right at the beginning when you were ready to dive into homeschooling. So tell us a little bit, first of all, how did you decide to homeschool? And did you have this kind of vision at the beginning or did this sort of come about? Well, for us, this definitely came about because it certainly was not our vision. We moved into a neighborhood right next to an elementary school and we were right on the walking path. I envisioned that I would walk my children to school, kiss them goodbye, and then I would head off to my job and my career and that's how things would be. However, as we were watching our neighborhood children grow up and attend the local schools, we started seeing that this was not an area we wanted our children to be going to. And so we started looking at other options, charter schools, Montessori, Christian, Catholic. And we started realizing that those weren't options that we were interested in as well. And we had many people who were starting to encourage us to look into homeschooling and we thought, no, homeschooling's not for us, but we had some very um, successful families with their children who were very serious and set us down and said, you need to be looking at homeschooling. Hmm. So with my husband's background, he does a lot of um, statistical engineering facts. He did a lot of research and we started seeing that we need to just seriously look at homeschooling. That's awesome. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. So many people, it's that personal connection that they have with other homeschoolers and they see, oh, wow, your kids are really smart and they're really well behaved and and I want my kids to be like your kids. So what are you doing? Exactly. Yeah, that happens so often with so many people. So then flash forward, you're you're on this this path towards homeschooling. What happened? Because I know the story. So what happened the first year that, boom, all of a sudden, you know, obviously we've talked about your book, Cancer, so. Exactly. Well, you know, I was so super excited. I went that traditional way of we had school desks and we had a classroom. Did you have the chalkboard? Oh, I had the chalkboard. (laughs) I had the chalkboard. Don't you know it? 
I had the curriculum. I'd spent the whole summer making the school plans. It was going to be fantastic. We started in September. We were rolling. And then in December, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Boom. <laughs> exactly. A bit of a change of plans there. And, you know, I'm sure that was kind of like, okay, how do we do the whole homeschooling thing? Did you ever have any thoughts of maybe maybe we need to put them into school temporarily? Or, I mean, did you really kind of at that point start struggling with some doubts or deciding what, what you needed to do? You know, I've never asked myself that before, but looking back on it, you know, we never doubted. That's we awesome. Just, we just realized at that point that we were being called to homeschool. I didn't really know what was in my journey ahead, but I had such a good group of friends and a church family that just said, you know, we'll walk alongside of you with this. And so we just took one day at a time and stepped into it. And at the end of that school year, when I had to take them, you know, for their first time for testing, I thought, oh, have mercy. I haven't <laughs> taught all year. Mostly what we did was reading. We just had to read a lot. It was all I could do. They read to me. I read to them. We did a lot of things right from the couch or from my bed. That was all I could do. And I was just blown away when they completed their end of year testing. It was amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, so often we think that we have to be so involved and, oh my goodness, if we don't teach them, they're just never going to learn anything. It's like, <laughs> I don't know why we feel like such a pressure. I guess because it's what we grew up with. You know, you have a classroom and you have a teacher, but kids are natural learners. And especially when they're, I mean, they're curious right from the beginning, right? I mean, babies, right. they stick stuff in their mouth and they're touching everything and breaking stuff and because that natural curiosity is just right there. And so when you encourage that as a homeschooling mom, it's amazing. We don't have to stress out and worry because our children are natural students. They're natural learners. And I think it's so much more about providing the opportunities to learn and the resources and then just letting them go. Let Absolutely. them play. Let you, them explore. You know, I find, or I have found over the last 15 years, when I make a plan on what they're going to learn, it's a stressful time for me and it's a time that just shuts them down. I find... Right. Not making those rigid plans has what's been successful for my children. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Finding their gifts and letting them just pursue that. Absolutely. And you know, you, you said something else too um, that you never doubted. And you said the word, we, we felt called, a calling. And I think that's another big difference between the people I see who really struggle and, well, we're just taking a day at a time, a year at a time. And, and I don't want to down that because I think... We all should be open to the Lord's leading. But personally, I have a very strong conviction towards homeschooling. I really believe it's the rare individual family who's not called to homeschool. And I know not everybody believes that way. But so I, I think when you do believe that way, though, it's such a strong calling and conviction that you really don't falter much. You, you don't get into those cycles of, oh, my goodness, I think we just need to put them in school and... You're, because you're committed from the get-go. It's a calling. Right. And it's amazing to me to look at your story. And because that was such a strong calling and you didn't falter and waver on it, um, the Lord just really allowed you as their teacher and their mother to grow that year. 
and to understand true education better than you would have probably if the cancer diagnosis hadn't come because you probably would have stuck with that very rigid traditional school model at least for a while longer oh absolutely I mean going through chemotherapy and surgery and really being forced on my back it just it provided an environment that I was helpless at least that's what it seemed like like I couldn't do anything right and had to 100% rely on what the Lord had called me to do he would fulfill and I just had to trust that I had to trust him with my life and I had to trust him with the education of my children right wow so tell us a little bit about some of the things you did because you were actually one of our speakers a couple years ago at the Life Schooling Conference. Yay! Yes! <laughs> little plug for that. We um, And I'll just say briefly, we're not doing the conference this year for those of you who have attended in the past or are thinking of coming again, but we are doing a one-day entrepreneurship workshop with Ray Perry, who's a really amazing entrepreneur who raised her children with that mindset and um, raised a couple millionaires in the process. So. It's going to be really fun, really amazing and interesting just to talk with her about how they did school, which was pretty much life schooling, although they didn't call it that. Um, so if you're interested in that, definitely check out the website, um, get on our mailing list in particular, because we send out the information through email and you don't want to miss that. And um, registration is actually just about to end, so you want to get on that right away. But that was a roundabout way of coming back to the point. You spoke at our conference and you shared at our conference a little bit about the types of things that you did every day. And you've already mentioned reading, which I think reading is huge in, in a very life schooling type of homeschool environment. Reading is one of the main things. Um, for our kids this year, my oldest two are 16 and 14. And what I've had them doing, um, at least for this half of the year, is reading one book a month, some type of business book, or um, just, a, just a real practical type of book. And then they either give me a written report, one page report, or they do an, an oral report basically, and explain to me what it's about, what they learned. And again, it's just a very natural life schooling way of approaching education. They're learning the things that I think are important for them. Um, so books were one thing that you used a lot during that time, which is very easy when you have cancer and you're laying there feeling horrible right. from chemo. Exactly. <laughs> and what were kind of some of the other things? Because I love in particular your quote unquote field trips. Yeah. <laughs> Share with us about that. Oh, our field trips were awesome. Yes. Um, if I had a good day, it was awesome when it fell on like trash day or recycle day. <laughs> Yes, I would gather my children up and we would wait at the end of the driveway for our field trip. And when the recycle truck would pull up, we would, you know, get all excited and talk with the lady and tell her we were just interested about her truck and she loved it. I mean, people love it when you ask them about what they're doing and you just get an That's amazing cool. hands-on lesson. I mean, she was telling us about the boom arm and she was showing us how everything goes up and how everything's divided and all the glasses were breaking. And I mean, the kids absolutely <laughs> loved it. So I just found that anytime I had an opportunity, whether it was a you know cement mixer that came to redo our foundation, whatever it was, I got the kids out and started asking questions and just letting them observe and watch. 
You're like, field trip to the end of the driveway, kids. <laughs> and they thought it was great. You know you're a homeschooler when. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. I just love that. But again, it's life schooling. These are everyday things that are happening all around us. And that, I think, is one of the real keys to, to a good life schooling education is look around. What's all around you already? Again, we try to complicate this thing. We try to... to you know, we think we have to bring in all this expensive curriculum and we have to take all of these elaborate trips and plan out the lesson plans for each day and all this kind of stuff, but pull in what you're already doing. I mean, trash trucks come every week. <laughs> well, and you know, I even used um, just my cancer journey. Uh -huh. And medically, my children were involved in everything that was going on. And it was hilarious because my oncologist was like, how in the world do your children know about tea helper cells? And, you know, they were tracking all my numbers for me. And they would ask me when I would come back out of my appointments, you know, what my white blood cell count was. And that's awesome. He just thought that it was amazing that these little children understood not just the journey, but the medical aspect of it. Right. Well, and the thing about it is, it, it, again, it, we're making it practical. Right. Life schooling is very practical. This is something your family was already going through. And so bring it in. Look for the educational opportunity. There's science. I mean, my goodness. All kinds of medical Absolutely. science going on in your life at that point. Oh, don't you know? They yeah. had a lot of questions. A lot. We studied a lot about the cancer itself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it meant something. That was the other thing I was going to say. Yes. That's the thing, too, about life schooling is that when the learning means something to the kids, mm -hmm. when it's actually part of what they're experiencing every day, that's learning that sticks. Absolutely. Because it's meaningful. And Elizabeth, I know, your oldest is now kind of, I mean, she's really interested in all the medical side of things and science. She's very interested. She's uh, 15 years old this year and, well, she just finished, they just finished up school. but. Um, her curriculum this year was pre-med mm -hmm. as a 15-year-old, and she loves it. Ate it up. She <laughs> ate it up because of my cancer background, because of all the food allergies in our home, the digestion issues. She just ate it up, and it was just so wonderful to be able to just say, you can absolutely do a pre-med curriculum this mm -hmm. year, and she loved it. And then you write, you wrote the book as well for um, other people who and your. Well, I guess by the time you got it published, it was past your own cancer journey. But your book, uh, Dear God, Please Heal Mommy's Cancer, One Family's Journey Through the Eyes of a Child, is an awesome book to incorporate with life schooling because it just talks about all of the different things that, um, that you go through with the cancer journey. It's got a lot of really cool pictures of the cells and the cancer and, and stuff. Exactly. It was important because when I was going through the journey, there was nothing really to show the children and they had a lot of questions and kids are curious and, you know, some parents choose not to even tell their children about the journey and hide it. My husband and I chose that we wanted them to know yeah, and be absolutely. able to walk the journey with us. And so they had questions of what was mommy going to look like with no hair. You know, when I said I was going to a CAT scan machine, they're thinking meow, you know, and it's like, no, honey, this it's is a scan. Exactly. But that's how children think. So I just mm -hmm. felt like we needed to put together a little color booklet, something simple, but that it would give children an idea of what they were looking at. Right. Exactly. Okay. I sometimes ask 
my guests this question. We talk about life schooling as being, our definition being the individualized process of discovering your child's God-given gifts and talents through real life experiences primarily that happen within the context of your family's unique situations and missions. So is there a part of that definition that specifically speaks to you and that really, um, I don't know, that really resonates with you? Well, definitely the whole individualized process because all four of my children are completely different. And to see their God-given talents mature over the years because they've had that freedom mm -hmm. to just express their interests has been a huge blessing in our family because it's helped us guide them to what they should do next. Right. And they, their school years have been filled with such an abundance of learning that I personally never would have dreamt could have been part of their education. Mm -hmm. Well, and I know Elizabeth is very interested in sewing. And I think kind of the neat part of that is this again goes back to during the time when you had cancer and she would do the little fashion drawings and all of that kind of stuff. So tell us a little bit about that and how you've seen that gift, how you saw the spark of that gift and how that's developed kind of over the years. We actually saw that when she was probably as young as two. If she wow. could hold a crayon, she would draw her a dress. <laughs> uh, she wouldn't draw necessarily the bodies, but she was always drawing dresses. And then she would um, take her dolls and take her hair bands and tie up pieces of fabric to make dresses on her dolls. Because she couldn't use needles back then. She was too little. She was probably four years old. And just through, probably when I was just finishing up my cancer journey, she started expressing an interest of wanting to learn how to sew. And we were able to connect with a grandmother figure who um, just kind of took her under her wings. And we've been visiting her now for eight years, pretty much every Thursday night. And she has just taught Elizabeth everything that she knows. And that has just turned into another whole <laughs> amazing blessing. That's neat. Well, again, it kind of brings in the relational aspect because I know that your family situation, you don't have grandparents involved, and that has always been something that has been sort of a, a, on your heart that you want your children to have that. Right. So I think it's really special how God brought that about through Elizabeth's gift of sewing and then connected her with this grandmother figure, as you said. Right. It's, it's amazing. God provides. Mm -hmm. When you just trust Him, He just provides. He provides what he knows you need, not what you think you need, right. but what he knows you need or your heart is desiring, he just provides. And when you need it is exactly. another key. Because sometimes, yes. right, sometimes we think, oh, they need this now, <laughs> and God delays, mm -hmm. but you can always look back and see, oh, you know, I, I see now what God was doing behind the scenes when I doubted and Well, I feared. remember just, what, a year ago, I was... Elizabeth was taking a huge turn with her sewing and getting into making costumes. Mm -hmm. And she would sew for hours these dresses. And she started expressing an interest. And I thought, what is she going to be? Mm -hmm. How is she going to have a costume design internship? What does this look like, Lord? Right. And then that same day, I think it was, you had called me and said that there was a costume design internship that she could <laughs> apply for. And she did. And she got it. 
and it was a phenomenal experience for her and now she's doing an, another costume design internship which is really just exploding her gifts and talents and she's just loving it that's so neat yeah i think i'm to that point you get to that point with your kids where okay you've gone through the elementary years and then they're getting a little bit older and you do kind of have that sense of okay what's next lord what's the next part gonna look like and it can be very easy even for those of us who are very laid back such as myself to start to kind of wonder what does the next step mm -hmm. look like and where are we going with this exactly but it just comes back to faith as we say so often on the podcast we have to to have faith and trust that the lord is going to bring the next um the next thing along Absolutely. in the right timing and you know there was a very interesting story elena and i my daughter elena went to a film festival she had the privilege of being a part of a film called like arrows so we went to this film festival and heard tc stalling speak who if you remember the Kendrick Brothers movie, The War Room, he was the main actor in that. So he just, he was sharing this whole idea and how we don't always know what the Lord is gonna do next. And he shared the verse, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When you think about a lamp, this is what he was saying to us. When you hold a lamp, is it like a flashlight? No. <laughs> You can't shine it down the path and see what's at the end of the path. That's not what a lamp is. A lamp simply lights around your feet. And so God's word, if we're in it every day, and if we're, we're drawing close to him, he promises he will draw near to us. And his word is going to be that lamp to our feet. So every step that we take if we're in the word and we're seeking him, he's not gonna let us trip and fall because his word is a lamp. It's not a flashlight, but it is a lamp. So, so I thought that was just a really cool explanation of that whole concept of trusting in the Lord. Absolutely. And we don't always see everything or know everything, but we have to have, have, to have that faith. So tell us a little bit then about your other kids and what gifts you've seen in them, particularly I'm thinking of the project that I'm actually at Barbara's house today. My daughter, as I mentioned, is an actress. Well, her children are also interested in this whole realm of film. Her daughter, as she mentioned, does costumes. And your son, tell us about his interests and what we're doing. Exactly. <laughs> Why he, are we here? Uh, he has, he's, ever since he was a little boy, two years old, we look back at some of his his films with our camera <laughs> and uh, he's always had an interest of just filming 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 and like you were saying with with your daughter he was able to work on the like arrows film set mm -hmm. and he began That's with so following the director and kind of shadowing him and then he was able to work with the grip crew and spent i think it was 30 days just being involved in the whole process of making the film and has just been so excited about that experience that he's wanting to make his own films and we as well had gone to the film festival two years before for our own the documentary that we had done we had gone to the film festival mm -hmm. and he went to the guild and just picked up an you know, amazing amount of wisdom and so Yes, today he is working with his friends and they're hoping to uh, create one of their own movies. So it's really exciting. 
Yeah, it is. I can't wait to see what they come up with. And it's, you know, they're learning. And so I'm sure it's going to have its issues and it's not easy to put together a film. But I think the real key, we're not looking for perfection when our right. children try things. Right. And I think it's very important that they understand that and that we as parents understand that and don't expect that the first time they try things, they're going to be perfect because the whole idea is learning through life. We, we don't expect children when they're learning to walk as toddlers, if they fall down, <laughs> I think it's Joel Salatin has, has that uh, illustration. You don't yell at now, why can't you stand up and walk? What's wrong with you? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that would be horrible. Mm -hmm. So we don't do that with our, our kids as they're learning things either, naturally. They, they have to have time to experience things. But we shouldn't be so afraid that they're going to get it wrong and feel like they have to, well, they have to do all these lessons and all this book work first. Let them jump in there. Let them get real life experience. Absolutely. And I think coming alongside of them and just letting them know that you are there to support them. Exactly is a huge motivation for them. When they right. know that you're encouraging them and you're there to support them, it really helps them excel. Right, and that you believe in them. Absolutely. That you you know that they're going to they're going to do a great job because you believe in them. That makes such a difference to a child what their parents think and believe about them. And really go with it because Sometimes you might think, like, I've done that with the costuming and where's she going to go with that? Mm -hmm. Matthew making films, I'm, you know, what's going to, how's that going to, you know, grow into anything? But I realized I just needed to just jump on board with both of them. Right. And because I just trusted what God has put in their heart to have a desire to do, I've just trusted it. Exactly. And I think it's really interesting, too, as we're talking here today... I'm hearing both of us say, I mean, I could say the same thing with Elena. Right from the beginning, two years old, you see these gifts like, oh my, that's there's an actor, there's a costume designer, there's a filmmaker. It's amazing how you see that even from such an early age. Um, on the flip side, I would say we need to be careful not to peg them into this one uh, little box. We want to be careful that we do give them freedom to explore different things because as they grow, their interests will change. They'll start to discover new areas that maybe they didn't know about before. Um, go with that too because I think there is a tendency, especially homeschoolers, our budgets are limited and so our kids go off on this tangent and they study, study, study and do all this stuff in one particular area and then the next month it might be archery or sure. you know or something else and we can kind of see that as being flighty but think about our lives when in life are we ever going to have the time to chase different subject areas different interests and really discover them see they're in the process of finding out who they are absolutely as much as anything and we need to give them the freedom to do that and not think so much about did they do their spelling list today or whatever. Because when you are allowing them to pursue the things they're really interested in, all of that academic stuff comes. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And when we allow them to pursue their gifts, to pursue the different things they're interested in from time to time, Again, the interest change. We are allowing them to seek God's kingdom because God created our children, each individual child, with 
a particular gift or gifts that he has for them to use to bring glory and honor to him in their lives. And that is seeking first his kingdom. Yes. So we need to allow our children to do that and to seek God's kingdom because all of the academics are going to come naturally through that. They do. Mm -hmm. They do. I mean, from her sewing to, I mean, it's amazing the math that she has had to use in sewing, the math that she has had to use in piano, areas you just don't expect exactly subject learning to come out of you think they're doing an extracurricular activity and out of it comes you know uh, problem solving and right. mathematical solving and social skill I mean there's so much that comes out of just letting them explore their interests mm-hmm. yeah I think you have to ask yourself why are we learning these academic subjects. What's the end goal? What's the end result? Well, really what we're doing with life schooling is kind of starting at the end and working backwards in a way. You know, we're letting them have the life experiences that really give credence to the academics, that really show them, oh, there's a practical application to algebra and whatever else. And so it just makes it more real and concrete. And one thing I want to mention too, we're talking about a lot of really exciting things, movie making and, and costume designing and acting and all of this stuff. Remember that your children are unique. Be careful about looking at other people's families. And, you know, this can all sound really exciting. And but these are highlights, okay? You, exactly. you, you don't see into our family lives and the, the days when people are at each other's throats and there's chaos and or we think we're failing them exactly exactly so I want to really stress that because I know it can sound really glamorous when you listen to a podcast or when you read blog posts about this is how you can can 101 ways to bring in I don't know (laughs) spelling into your whatever I can't even talk. But you know, it can sound like like everyone else has it all together and everyone is has these children that are doing these amazing things. Listen, God opens these doors. Like I we so could not have opened these doors for our children. And that's what you need to understand and not think just because this is the path that God has our children on that it's the path that your children need to be on. Um he brings those things about. And whatever it is that your children that he's designed them to do, if you seek him and pray, he's going to open those doors. He will. He just does. He does. So it's, it's an exciting life, and it's just amazing to see what God does through all of these things and how the academics come in because our children, it's amazing. Sometimes I'm surprised. They do their end-of-the-year testing here in North Carolina. We're required to do that. <laughs> that always blows me away. Doesn't it? I, oh, it I mean, we are we are more relaxed than you, Barbara. Like we don't, we're pretty pretty relaxed, <laughs> and um, sometimes to the point where I think, hey, we gotta get a little more scheduled here. But it always blows me away because the kids do that testing at the end of the year, and it's like, oh my goodness, you know, 98th percentile or 91st percentile. It just it is shocking to me. It is amazing, and you know, when you give them that freedom to explore and educate themselves through that exploration. One of the things I found, because I have two different age groups. Mm -hmm. I have two older children and I have two younger children. So looking at my older children now, they 
they just know how to teach themselves. And there uh -huh. are things that they know that I don't have a clue. The things that Matthew can fix or, or rewire or problem solve will just blow me away. At, he just turned 14. And I just am so grateful that I let them have that freedom to explore, learn, fail, get frustrated, figure it out, be successful, you know, whatever it took. And to now just see them, to be able to just teach themselves. Mm -hmm. it's, it's wonderful. Exactly. And share with us that story of Christina. <laughs> because now she's learning that, oh, you don't... You don't have to sit in a, in front of a teacher. and <laughs> Yeah, this is real funny because, yes, I remember getting the wisdom when I first started teaching my two older ones from some veteran homeschoolers that said, you know, just read to them. Go out and do nature walks. Don't get caught up in testing and curriculum and all this. And But, you know, you still go that way. Mm -hmm. You think that's what you're supposed to do. Not everybody, but you just think that's what you're supposed to do. And then, obviously, like we talked, you know, it, it changed immediately for us. Um, God showed us that that was not the way we were going to go. Um, but now I look, I look at my two younger children after I now have a 14, uh, almost 16 year old. Teaching is very different. They have, <laughs> you know, that freedom that I saw work for my two older ones. But my uh, youngest one, who just turned four, she said she wanted a school book. I said, okay. So we just got her a little preschool prep book. And I was all excited. I thought, okay, I'm going to teach her her letters and her numbers. And I mean, she knew them, but she didn't know how to write them because mm -hmm. she had taught herself her own numbers and, and things like that. So I thought, okay, well, I'm going to teach her how to write them. And so I was so excited. We we're going to start off in the morning and we're just going to have that, you know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes together. Well, she would take that school book and she would go upstairs to her bedroom. And I thought, huh, okay. Well, the next day, I thought, well, we'll just teach her the next day. <laughs> she takes her little school book and her pencil, and she goes back upstairs to, to do her school book. So I go upstairs to find out what is she doing upstairs <laughs> with this school book. And I look into her room, and she's sitting on her bed with her pencil and her little school book. And I look over at my almost 16-year-old daughter who's on her bed with her school book and her pencils, and I say to my older daughter, I'm like, I don't understand. She wanted a school book so she and I could start doing schooling. But she keeps coming up to her room. And she's not letting me show her how to write her numbers. And my oldest daughter says, well, Mom, that's all she knows. <laughs> you know, ever since she's been old enough to understand, she has seen, you know, me come up to my room with my school books and my pencils and do my schoolwork. So to her, this is how school is done. And I Raising thought, independent learning. Wow, <laughs> this is great. And she's four, and she's already got, like, if you were to look at kindergarten curriculum, she's already bypassed that. Yeah. Just on her own. Mm-hmm. Yep. Learning happens through play. They do study after study after study, and that's what the studies show, and people take their three, four, five-year-olds and stick them into school <laughs> behind <laughs> desks. And it's like, when are we going to learn this? They need to play. In fact, I was hearing, where is it where they don't even start school until they're, maybe it was in the old days, like back in the 1800s or whatever. They didn't start formal schooling until I think third or fourth grade. Oh, and I'm yet, sure. the things that those kids knew by the time they 
graduated from like junior high school absolutely was unbelievable and so we need to recognize that too that the children they're not going to get quote unquote behind just because you're not at grade level they can learn so much information in such a short amount of time and we just need to let them play in the early years especially just let them play Yes. Well, you know, and I've, I've done that with multiple subjects. I mean, spelling, my oldest, that's not her strong point. And she was just grades behind on that. And, um, you know, just one year, it took off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now she's up at her grade level for that. Another example was writing. I've never done any formal writing and there were times I would look at my children's writing thinking, oh boy, if anybody <laughs> saw my children's handwriting, they would wonder, what am I doing? And then both of my children at different times, one had to write a letter actually for the internship. She had mm-hmm. to write a letter. And then my son had to do something, oh, it was when he was working for the grip crew. And he had to draw out a whole uh, grip list of things that they needed. And I took a look at that writing, and my children can write. (laughs) And I thought to myself, I had no idea because I had never done anything formally. They didn't seem interested at all. But when it mattered, Mm -hmm. they did it. Well, it's amazing how much they learn by by listening, by reading, by hearing good uh, good writing read. Absolutely, you know, audiobooks. Um, reading is huge. Yes. Yeah, and we're coming back to the whole reading thing. Reading is just huge. My children in education. read a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot. We, we really work at getting good, sound books into their hands. Mm-hmm. That's great. So let's wrap it up here with a little bit. Uh, tell us a little bit about your books. We've talked a little bit about the one that's already out and published. Tell us where our readers can find a copy. And then tell us a little bit, give us a preview of your upcoming book because I'm excited about that. And I'm really excited about it because I've heard parts of it. (laughs) Because we go away on writing weekends together and I get to hear snippets and it's a lot of fun. We we love that. She'll hear me over in the corner. I'll be laughing and then I'll be crying and then I'll be laughing and then I'll be crying. Yes, it certainly takes me back to those that journey that that was a that was a tough journey but um but the the first book the uh, please uh, god, dear god please heal uh, mommy's cancer that one is not available yet however it will be soon mm-hmm. i'm working at putting it on my website mm-hmm. so i will let you know as soon as that makes it on there and the second book is a more personal journey. The first book is really just for children or even even an adult who's like, I have no idea what I'm in for. It gives you a, a snapshot of what a cancer journey looks like. And there's scriptures in there to handle maybe that particular part of the journey. Mm-hmm. And then I have a little section in the back that was the author's notes. And that's kind of what spurred me on to do this second book is because many people were saying that they really liked the author's notes and hearing some of that personal hmm. information. And so I'm excited with this second book that I've always, you know me, I've always been an open book. Mm-hmm. You ask me questions, I'll tell you. And I'm not afraid to share. 
especially if it'll encourage someone else or help them on their journey, whether it's cancer or it's just dealing with difficult you know, situations in their lives. So basically the second book is going to be just the whole journey mm -hmm. and how God was there every step of the way mm -hmm. in just amazing testimony after testimony after testimony. And I just feel like I just want to help others because there's a lot of personal things that are going to be in this book that you don't see in books. Right. And I wish I had known. Mm -hmm. it, would have, it would have helped me significantly. So I just pray that this will help others. Well, and it's an amazing story because I've heard, you know, obviously you've shared parts with me just throughout our friendship over the past five or six years. Right. And there's just some just amazing things that God did in your life during that time and just ways that he showed you that he was there just walking alongside you during that journey. So definitely watch for Barbara's book, which will be out. Did you say when it would be out? Or the second one? No, but I will take all sometime. the prayers. <laughs> it will to be get out sometime. Complete. <laughs> it's tough when you're a homeschooling mom. That's one thing I'll add in here too. One of the aspects of the life schooling definition is within the context of your family's unique situations and missions. And I believe, you know, we have to have balance in all things. But I do believe that as moms, that we have personal missions as well and things God has called us to. Some have to wait till after motherhood. Some, some can be done throughout motherhood. And I believe we have to be careful that, that we are not neglecting those as well. And one of the things that Barbara and I do that I just mentioned is we go away on these writing weekends. And I know the first one was tough for her because she hadn't been away from her kids for any amount of time like that since cancer. But it's just been a real blessing to get away, have that time as friends to be together and just that time away from family in the sense that you get to refresh and, and renew and spend time with the Lord and hearing him. Sometimes it's very loud and chaotic in a homeschool household. <laughs> and so I think those are valuable weekends when we can kind of just have some intensive focus time on some other things that the Lord has called us to. I have been so grateful that you have encouraged me to do that because yes, I was very adamant about not leaving my children, feeling guilty. And then every single time I feel that way, just before we get ready to go, the Lord will give me a scripture that will be exactly what I need to hear. And it's usually about the Lord setting aside time, going to the mountain or stepping away and having his personal time. And you're so right. When we get away, that quiet time with the Lord is so personal and so you can hear him mm -hmm. and it's just wonderful it's special time time to have absolutely i've loved it love doing it so we do that about twice a year twice we go away and my children have a wonderful time back home with dad <laughs> <laughs> well I it is good well you i didn't that. exactly yeah. i didn't realize what you know my husband by me making sure I'm always the one there, I didn't realize what he was missing out on mm -hmm. and my children were missing out on by just a little bit of an absence of mommy 
and what this meant to him. Mm -hmm. And it's been, they love it when mommy gets to go away and write and they get to spend that special time with daddy. And because <laughs> daddy goes and buys them donuts. And <laughs> well, that is true. That's another podcast for another time. But, but yes, yeah. so it's, they do. They enjoy it. And they're very encouraging about me going. There are times where I think, why am I writing this? Why am I doing this? And then I remember, I know I'm supposed to be doing this, but it's my children Listening. and my husband who will say, you need to get away, mommy. You know, it's, you always come back and you're so excited about everything that the Lord showed you to write. And um, so I'm just, I'm so grateful, Danielle, that you encouraged Aww. me. Well, I'm so grateful that we get to go together. <laughs> yes. This is fun friend time. It is fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I think we're wrapping up. I can't believe it's already been, what, 45 minutes or so that we've been sitting here <laughs> yakking and it's been great. So that's Life as a Life Schooler. Hope you'll join us next time. 